This is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all that counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Thanks. This is Mike Silver, baby, from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Woo! He now rocking with One Nation Radio. Welcome to the program. James Boy, Richard Ladder, and a couple friends. With the show for your wrestling needs. Shopping off the rest of the IWC. We gon' tell her how it is. We gon' shoot from the hip. If they putting out trash, we gon' rip from the bits. Make sure that you tweet us and you rate the shows. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Now let's get it on the road. Hey. One Nation Sports. One Nation Sports. One Nation Sports. Welcome to One Nation Radio. And now, here are your hosts, Rich Ladder and James Boyd. Welcome to the November 26th edition of One Nation Live. James, what's going on, man? Not too much. Uh, just ready to review Survivor Series. I don't. I don't think we've talked about uh, our, you know, our thoughts about the overall card. But uh, it's just hear what you have to say. Yeah, I was on uh, with with Chad Matthews on the doc says with uh, Dave Fenichel and. Uh, oh yes, I did hear that. Yes, and you know what's funny? There was a point where uh, apparently y'all were talking over the uh, inter, or you were uh, you had the camera on, and uh, he mentioned how. The matches that uh, a match he typically didn't like with Charlotte was what he, what happened with Nikki Bella, where Nikki Bella worked over her leg over and over and over and over throughout the match or whatever, mm-hmm. and and then he said, uh, apparently disagreeing with it, because it was the same thing I made a face I made, and uh, sure enough, you stopped it, and apparently you know, the same thing I was thinking. It's the same damn match, it's ribs instead of a leg. So I was, you know, typically, you know, like probably like ninety five percent of the time, maybe even maybe even as low as ninety percent, I agree with Chad. You know, situations, but that one I was kind of like, you didn't realize that's the same as that reason why we didn't like that match too. Yeah, it was um, it, it, you know, and the yeah, lots of botches. It was a um, you know, it, it was a match that people you know were waiting on, and we saw it. Um, but we should just go over from the top, James. What did you think of this main event of uh, Survivor Series? I haven't even asked you uh, since then what you thought about it, but I know I thought it was absolutely dreadful. But maybe you can shed some light for me. I'm still not as down on it as you were. I thought that um, I thought things went off the rails once um, Triple H went out with whatever happened with him with Nakamura um, and that like knee, uh, backbreaker deal with his knee. Um, and uh, you know, they, you, you could tell there were like spots where they were trying to fill. Um, where, for example, like when Cena got in the ring with uh, with Angle, you're kind of just like, oh, it's kind of weird. It's not like as crisp as. You know, normal WWE matches laid out. Like, it seems like you're stalling or something, trying to figure out something. So, right. Um, yeah, I could definitely see, you know, the match, you know, going to hell after someone gets injured because, you know, it tends to be out is because, you know, people don't really, you know, do so much calling in the ring um, as much as they did back in the day when, you know, everyone thought, well, more people thought it was real so they can get away with that kind of thing. But, I. It, like, it, the, I mean, the, the end of the match is still the end of the match and it's still really bad. So. You know, like that puts a huge damper on what otherwise would have been considered a really good, a really, really solid card, um, a consistent card um, up to that point. Yeah, man, because it was um, one of those things that make you that makes you rethink everything you just saw. And yeah. 
I was just so taken aback from it because it was like, wow, they got rid of Nakamura and Rude like immediately. And I think we sat on the show and said, you know, and tried to rank who would be, you know, as important to these things. But when it came down to John Cena, Randy Orton and Shane McMahon on one side, I just checked out. I was just like, I can't believe they're doing this. And then for Shane McMahon to be the last man standing for his team and to valiantly fight off uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn like a hero. What? What year is this? Yeah, like it makes no to me. Like the thing makes no sense from a bunch of perspectives, right? So, like you can afford to beat Nakamura, seeing that he's already had his title matches, he's lost, and you can you know set him off on a course to you know build him back up later over the next few months, as opposed to um, ten weeks of TV, and then you think you can't get him over because you just squashed him with Kane. But, <laughs> but we'll get to that later. I th- yeah, yeah. Just oh my God. But I, but I can at least understand that you beat him with Braun Strowman, and Strowman is a person that uh, uh, is a person that you're trying to build. And I think, I think when you told me to call into your instant reaction podcast with Jeremy and Josh, I think I said to you, you know, this thing was a failure. Um, overall, but if the whole thing in your eyes is to was we need to get Braun Strowman hot again or are hotter than he was before, and we need to set up Triple H versus uh, Angle um, fifteen or I'm sorry, yeah, like fifteen, seventeen years too late, then okay, mission accomplished. Like I wish you, you know, you would have done more for the other guys that are sitting there looking like schmucks and like poor Cena, but. It is what it is. Like, I have a question for you. Yeah. Do you think the situation was that he that Cena was really set for gender uh, for the gender Brock match as the uh, guest referee, and then they scrapped it? So Cena was like, "All right, well, I still have a date available. I'll do something. I'll take a couple bumps, but I ain't finna do. I'm not finna really wrestle." <laughs> I don't. I don't think Cena gets into uh, the mindset like I'm not about to do nothing. Like he's like, I'll do what y'all want me to do. But why would you? But if you gonna bring us John Cena, why would you ask him to do so little? Because like, because no, they don't no promo. Because they don't like recognize the like the thing I heard uh, most commonly was oh yeah John Cena's being added for star power like they think they're blinded by this star power stuff that they don't think they actually have to do anything with these dudes. Like but, once they're in the I match, know, it's I, like, well, what's that star power gonna do for you if you're not gonna do shit? Well, I'm guessing, I guess what I'm saying is, okay, if you all are blind about the star power thing of John Cena, cool, do something with him. Don't have him go out there and not do shit at a, on a main event of a, of a card, and then, like, there's no storyline for him when he comes back. He just shows back up whenever he wants to, and then, like, there's nothing, there's no consequence. There's no him getting knocked out and taken off TV or knocked off the TV for, for a long time with some killer move that would have added to the match. And um, the stakes of the match, no, it was like nothing. He just had a had a match, came in there, wrestled Angle, um, helped suplex uh, Braun Strowman through a uh, um, through a announce table, and then you know got beat up by Angle and Finn or, or Triple H and Finn, and then pinned, and then like goodbye later, holla, I got a new T-shirt. Yeah, that, that, he literally showed up to start selling merch. Hey, can't, can't not to hustle, but, I mean, I think I need a little bit more of my wrestling. 
But, um, yeah, I thought the match was an absolute train wreck. It was atrocious. It was everything wrong with WWE as far as, like, putting the past over the present. And, you know, folks were like, oh, this put over Braun Strowman really strong. No, it didn't. Braun Strowman didn't factor into the finish of the match at all. He was just standing there kind of looking at, like, what the hell is going on? And Braun Strowman was us all. We were all sharing the same look that Braun Strowman had at the end of that match. And it was just like, wow. He, he fights the dude after the match. Cool. Who cares? I don't because I don't. Yeah, it was almost. Um, it was. It was just really weird. I, like I, like the whole time I'm sitting there watching, I'm thinking, okay, so like, once Triple H eliminated Angle, um, or hit him with the pe- Angle, screwed over Angle, hit him with the Pedigree, um, put Shane over the top of him for the pin. I thought, and then he helped Shane up. I thought to myself, maybe Triple H is making a play for like to run against Stephanie. Like it's Shane, like it's Shane and Triple H versus Stephanie for some weird reason. I don't know because like <laughs> it would make sense. It, it would listen. This would make sense as far and this is before like they actually went ahead and said, "Nah, never mind, fuck, fuck that." But it would have made sense in theory for Shane, who was a babyface, to all of a sudden start attacking Raw wrestlers. Um, with with SmackDown wrestlers on on the during the, the Under Siege deal, and then it was Shane. So people were figuring out like that's not that's not like that's not something that you know Babyface Shane would do. And then all of a sudden at the end, you know, it's Triple H and Shane. You know, basically made some deal to be part of SmackDown and get rid of Daniel Bryan or whatever. And then Bryan's up on Raw or something like that would that could have made some sense or whatever. And then, you know, yeah, Stephanie, it's, it's, it's Stephanie and whatever versus uh, brother and husband. Like, that could have made some sense. Like, that, like, he was making some type of, like, you know, move. But then at the end, where Trip, like, Shane trusts him and then he, you know, he eats a pedigree. I'm thinking, you fucking idiot. This is stupid. This makes no <laughs> sense. Like, you, like, he deceived this dude just to, just to beat him up, even though it's Shane and Manny or Triple H. Just kick him in the gut and beat him. Like, you know? bro, like, he turned, he was a heel, and he turned on him to go heel again. Like, I don't yes. understand. Like, what are you doing, Triple H? Like, like we know you can, we can't trust Triple H. He's tur- literally turned no, he on like, everybody. He don't like his, he don't like his heat in singles. He likes it in doubles and triples. So, right. apparently that's how it works. Because look, he, look, he screwed over, he's actually in quadruples. He likes his, he likes his heat in quadruples. Where he came in as a heel, that's, that's, that's one. He screwed over, uh, uh, Everyone. Uh, angle. No, he screwed over Angle. That's double. He screwed over Shane. That's double or that's triple. And then he attacked after after he like you gonna die. Like he literally literally saw that he's finna go meet his maker. And, and uh, Strowman lets him go. He goes and attacks Strowman. That's quadruple right there. Yes. Like what are you doing, guy? Like uh, yeah, man. Like Triple H is like just the the confusion continues to try to shoehorn Triple H into stuff every year, so I don't know. Um, let's get into some of these comments. No, Sir? Hold on, hold on. You know the best part at the end of the day? You know what uh, Triple H is going to say at the end of the day? What? I put over the I put over the young guy. It only but but in the meantime, for putting over the young guy, he killed Shane. He killed he killed uh, Angle as well, and he killed Jason Jordan. Yes, to put over one guy, kill three to put one over. Man, they still look. They working in the negative out here. Like <laughs> like you think Jason Jordan gonna get his heat back? Nope. <laughs> that, man, um, that man ain't gonna get a match with with Triple H. Watch. Right. 
Uh, Sergio says, that match pissed me off. It should have been a great match to build up the new guys, but they made it about Vince's guys. Uh, he also says, it's hard to buy the star power reasoning for Cena. He's not as over as a face as the rocker Stone Cold, and he wasn't gone long enough to make us miss him. That's true. Another part about it is, didn't have, wasn't like right after the September review, he was trying to like sell us like kind of like the... Uh, the but, SummerSlam 2012 Triple H, they how they trying to fake yes, like they retired. Fake retirement. Like, yeah, bro, you ain't, you ain't retired. Kiss my ass. Because another thing about it is Triple H, or sorry, uh, this ain't the first time Cena has teased some type of like uh, retirement thing. Remember when uh, when he lost to uh, when, uh, no when he beat Brock Lesnar. No, no. Remember when he lost to Styles at uh, at the last SummerSlam or SummerSlam last year. Yeah, he left to join he, in the he, ring. He put, yeah, yeah. Like, 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 we we seen your leave. movies, bro. We, we you just leave and pretend. We're, we're, we're on to you, Cena. Come on, man. Come on. Uh, um, it's bad. It's bad. So, like, think about it like this, right? You sell like you sell like you're you're contemplating retirement, and then you come back for a nothing match, and then there's no storyline out of it. You just go away again and come. And you gonna come back for for who knows when? New shit. New shit. Um. What did you make of the uh, of the Brock and AJ match? Um, let's move on. Um, Brock and AJ faced off. Thought these guys went out there and uh, definitely work hard. But uh, what did you think about that one? Um, I thought it was up, a Simon? great match, and I thought it could have been a match of the year contender had Brock Lesnar not been so gassed that he fucked up virtually every other move in the middle of the match. Like once you got pet, once you got to, to like. About the time when AJ started making his comeback, like it actually became a real match instead of the Suplex City shit. Like Brock guy started getting tired, and then he started fucking up every other move. Like that DD, that um, tornado DDT he fucked that up. Um, he tried to catch AJ, and um, and both of them almost went head for, or went flipped over the top rope. Um, luckily they were able to uh, gather up on that top rope and then like continue the move. Um, but. Yeah, I thought I thought it was a great match. Um, I thought they did a really good job of playing the fact that like people uh, playing people's expectations that people thought that this could have been a Suplex City burial, and people started actually booing in the at, towards um, the end of the that whole yeah the middle part beginning section that beginning section of it, and then they turned it around and then they actually had their match and then you start thinking like you know even though you know good and damn well he's not going to beat Brock Lesnar you think oh my god he might actually beat Brock Lesnar so i thought they did a great job of, of, of on that part and like me and you talk about this like Brock Brock and Oscar are, are both on the same terms that like they're such ass kickers and world beaters and killers that like once they start selling they they their matches are so incredible because like you can't believe that they're ever in pain because they're so awesome right so, <laughs> so like Brock is the king of that. Like when Brock was out there selling, like in the lead up to WrestleMania 30, he was selling those huge choke slams over uh, through the table to Undertaker. Yes. it looked so great. Like remember when, when he Big was Show selling, threw him around? Yeah, when he threw around, that was great as well. Like yeah. when another example is um, the CM Punk match where he has the broken, you know, he broken ribs or whatever. Uh huh. Like it was, it was great. It was great. Like. He's just the, when he wants to try, he's literally one of the best wrestlers in the world. It's just you know he just doesn't want to try all the time, and that's what the frustrating part about him is like certain certain guys, you know, they won't be able to slide for that sort of thing. But people just love them some Brock Lesnar, and when Brock Lesnar's on, like it's hard not to love that dude. Yeah, uh, you know he, he's got like you know I, I think AJ Styles looked better against him than anyone else has this year. 
Um, and that includes Samoa Joe. That includes Braun Strowman. Um, there was serious drama in this match, and it felt like Styles got the people to believe, which I don't know how, how strong folks believed before. It may have been like a situation where, man, Joe is so hot. I think we need Joe to win. But when that bell rings, you know, it it always changes. It's like, oh, I, they, they got us again. They made us think Lesnar was going to yeah. lose again. But um, yeah. I, I felt like this one was different. This was like where... Um, where Lesnar and Styles, they had the match that we've been essentially wanting WWE to book. Like they wanted, uh, we wanted to see Lesnar versus better guys. Like as far as like the smaller guys and the better workers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And this is the blueprint for it. I feel like. I feel like I wouldn't necessarily. I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily agree with you about the better workers part. Like he's been in the ring and has. Some- I think James just froze up like um, live radio. Um, so while I try to get James back on the line, um, I am going it- to. Oh, uh, he, he, oh, we lost him. Um, we will get him back momentarily. But yeah, I really enjoyed the match. I'm glad you guys are listening into One Nation Radio. Uh, make sure you guys check out um, all the new stuff that's on the uh, Social Suplex Podcast Network. And James, I think we got back on the line because you completely froze up, so I just stopped it. But um, what were you saying, James? Where did I leave off at? About, uh, you yeah, said, I was you saying, would agree um, with me? Yeah, I don't necessarily agree with you about uh, the chosen point is for, for Lesnar. I feel like a lot of it was the match layouts were just not on point. Um, I don't know how you're expecting to have um, a match with Brock Lesnar. I'm sorry, with a Braun Strowman and Brock Lesnar that's laid out in that sort of way, and it was actually going to you know work when Brock Lesnar is out here. He also looked over washed. Ambulances. Huh? He also looked real washed in that Strowman match. Yeah, uh, but I think the main thing for me was like I don't know how you have a match where like Braun Strowman every in every match he's in he's doing crazy stuff like breaking through bar- like breaking through barricades. Uh, you know, breaking off, like throwing guys into the ring so hard that the top turnbuckle breaks off on in their chest. Um, <laughs> throwing dudes, th- throwing dudes through like screens on um, up on the ramp. Uh-huh. Um, break, you know, put, you know, breaking dudes uh, or body slamming dudes through the ramp and or through tables. I don't understand how hell beating the hell out of Lesnar in the SummerSlam match where you break them, you basically you know power slam through two tables and they have them carted off. I don't know how you go in there and then just have a match, right? Right. Like that, that was a mistake. Like people were expecting a, a train wreck, and they got just a match. Um, as far as the Joe thing, like I thought it was intriguing at the beginning until like you realize, oh yeah, Brock just gonna like just muscle out that dude at the very end and escape with an F five and got him out of there with one F five. Like I thought, you know, I felt like that part was disappointing. But um, you know, it's been a really un- it's been an uneven year for him. Like I feel like he's had two great matches in one match I thought was good and another match I thought was really disappointing. But um, you know, I think a lot of it comes down to just no one actually wants, no one's buying in 2017 a protected finisher. No one's buying that. Yeah. Um, looks especially, like, especially with someone that you've seen that often, you know. Yeah, man. Shout out. We, we got to give a shout out to um, our logo maker, Mike Fergus, Sir Mike Fergus. Um, everyone's commenting about the new logo in the comments. So, <laughs> Nicholas Girl said, uh, What up, guys? The new logo is more over than Rusev's tweets. Looks great. <laughs> Simon said, They teased Cena retiring to bring him back in two months um, for a nothing match to a throwback of a half gas version of 2006. I don't remember the 2006 Survivor Series. 
was that the um, deal where it was with CM Punk and DX and the Hardy Boys? Was it that one that you're talking about, Simon? Um, I'm not sure. But, um, yeah, what else do we have on that card? We had Alexa Bliss and Charlotte, so let's talk about it. Um, Alexa Bliss and Charlotte came out there, and I said this on Chad's show. Apparently, Alexa Bliss is the world's toughest five-foot human. Move over, Danny yeah. DeVito. Move over, Joe Pesci. It is now Alexa Bliss's time to, uh, to, to run over, you know, motherfuckers that are bigger than you. Um, Alexa uh, 1.75, or formerly known as, um, she she came out here and stared Charlotte down and drug her for 80% of the match. Uh, James, did you believe this at all? No. Like, and only in, and only in like, this is, like, mind and world does this actually happen. Because if this was a match with, like, if these same, same um, dimensions, dynamics, or whatever, except... Uh, both of those, both you know, both of the combatants have penises instead of breasts and vagina. Then that would never happen in, in a match like that. <laughs> never. So, like, that's the thing that always bothers me about the Lexa Bliss thing is like, if this was the, if they treat this is why I say that they, you know, even though they they had a they presented at the beginning the Women's Money in the Bank so well, um, they presented um, their matches at WrestleMania the last two WrestleManias very well. Like they're actually parts of the show and cores of the show and things you need to watch instead of piss breaks, they're still behind it on this thing because, like, if they treated this like a legitimate um, thing, like they try to do with WWE, do with the men's roster, then Alexa Bliss would be, you know, working, doing all types of tactical smart things instead of being, like, a chicken shit heel until it's time for her to beat you in her finish. Yeah. You know, uh, and, so and, that, and, and that's the part that's killing me about it. And it works different, like with the dudes. Sometimes so you can say, "Okay, this guy's a submission specialist, so he can slap a move on you." This person's a high flyer, so he can attack the opponent in different ways. Nah, bro, Alexa Bliss just looks you dead in your face and decides to whoop you. Like she doesn't care <laughs> if if you're a couple inches taller than her or if you're a foot taller than her, like Charlotte. You're all going down the same way. No, it's not even that. It's like she she belittles you. She belittles you. Then you whoop her ass all over the place, like leading up to t- on TV, leading up to the match, and then the match happens, and like either A she gets her ass kicked throughout the match, or B she r- runs roughshod over you, and then cheats at the end once you make well, after you make your comeback, and she's in da- and she's in danger of losing, and like that's fine if not for except for the part about the the, the height discrepancies and the weight discrepancy against all these other women and. It'd be one thing if, like, she, you know, she was, you know, and she was basically, you know, now after being on an advantage all of a sudden, someone fires up on her, and she's now, like, you know, tucking tail or whatever else. She's on the ropes and, and everything, and, you know, out of desperation, she, like, she takes some, she, you know, takes somebody's knee out or whatever, and it goes to work on someone's body part or what, what have you. For the most part, these matches are not like that, and she's also is not a person with a submission, fin- a submission finisher at all. Like, I could buy right. this better if she had a submission finish. I really could. Or if like the way she the way she uh wins wins matches would be like if she like did some underhanded thing as like the big thing to actually like turn the table and, and her she her to finish somebody off. Yeah, if, um if not the case, she just beat people with her finish in the middle <laughs> most of the time. And they were redoing like complete sequences in the match, like when they were going yeah. for those code reds and I don't know. Alexa Bliss's matches seem is really structured, and the other women have to kind of work to that level. So Charlotte, I think, did the best she could with it. Um, I, I really wish this was Charlotte versus Sasha uh, one you know more time here, but um, guess not. 
Um, <laughs> Charlotte got the win. Can't be mad at that because uh, I think, as we said on this show before, um, she basically needed the win because she was just yeah. crowned champion. She didn't need to be losing. Um, a right. co- couple co- uh, comments from Simon. Back to the Brock stuff. He says, this one finisher crap sounds similar to what Heyman said to Stone Cold during the podcast where he talked about hyping up Mark one Henry. move. Yes. And if you use like a headlock yeah. or something like that. I think it was. I think it was a uh, chin, a chin crank, or something like that. Yeah, I think you mentioned a chin crank. Uh, yeah, like that sounds. That sounds good, and that sounds great. But it's like you don't start that like after someone's been around and on TV and never left and went anywhere. Like <laughs> we, uh, you know, what I'm saying like I just saw. I saw you literally like you about to go fight a dude right that at WrestleMania. He's going to fight a dude that like literally ate three of his of his uh, of his finishes. Or whatever, without getting pinned. Yep, that's exactly match. what Simon said. He was like, "But the problem is that Reigns survived three F fives at WrestleMania 31. The F five ain't gonna get a super reaction, especially from a guy everyone expects to win." Um, right. Yeah, that's a great point, Simon. Um, the um, now, who did Brock face at SummerSlam last year? I forgot. I forgot. I can't think of. He it fought really. Randy Orton. Yes. Okay. Yes, Nick. They, it will be just like that. Uh, he said it's, it's going to be like they're pretending the first Brock and Roman Reigns match never happened. Yeah, it's also they're, they're also going to pretend that these guys haven't competed against each other in multi man matches since then because they were in a triple threat match with him, Dean Ambrose, and, and um, uh, Roman, and then also yeah. just this past summer. That was like the month before. That was like the month before WrestleMania, like the Fast Lane 2016, right? Yep, yep. And then they had SummerSlam. And you know what's funny about that? In both matches, who took the pin? Dean. No, no, no. In both matches, um, Roman took the pin. Nah, Roman pinned Dean to, to win oh, yeah, the Fastlane right. match. Okay. Okay, and you're then, right, I'm tripping. So, yeah. but let me phrase that. So, you're, you're absolutely right. I'm wrong on that. But, like, Roman took the pin in that four-way match. It's like, why? I guess to protect the next month's pay-per-view in uh, Strowman. And then with Joe, it was like, I guess they didn't want to do more residual damage to him. But, but... But then, but then, why do you, why the very next week or next next month you're promoting it on a on the undercard of that pay per view is Cena versus Roman? So why the hell would you pin him? I, I guess that was to give him something back. I don't oh know, God. man. I don't know. Like you, you asked me to make sense out of something that don't make sense. Like <laughs> like Melzer said that on Twitter uh, this week to somebody. Um, but yeah, um, what else was on the card? Usos in the in the uh, bar had a had a extremely fine professional wrestling match. The Usos came out there um, with the uh, with the raw gear on and the jackets. Like, ain't nobody cooler than the Usos right now, bro. Do you feel like the Usos got screwed? What do you mean? Like they were gonna fight Ambrose and Rollins, and instead they got the bar. <sighs> yes, um, they 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 definitely got a consolation prize there. Um, but, um, yeah, yeah, because no one's talking about this match. It's like, oh, okay. And I think it's been the most universally agreed upon match um, everywhere from myself to Chad to Meltzer, like three and a half. Like, it was it was a good, solid match there. And, you know, there was just stuff before it that mattered. And then there was a lot of stuff after it that mattered, or it felt like at least. Um, but uh, what did you make of the women's match where Asuka was the sole survivor it was part, you know, it was a part of the show where, like, you know, you look at the show and top to bottom, and you say, for the most part, everybody needs to win and look impressive on the card until, except for the main event. Like they, the mission accomplished, right? So, 
if you were to say between the Miz and Baron Corbin, who who needs the who needs to win most most out of both of those two? My answer is going to be Corbin because Corbin is still still dead as a doorknob. Oh yeah, that happened too. Him. I forgot about that match. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know we're going backwards on the card, but like, like for me, like Oscar after they, what he did with Emma, whatever, it was completely it was terrible, and like you saw her 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 debut pop, you saw when she showed up on TV the next day after um she was un, you know more or less unimpressive, what her pop sounded like, how much smaller it was. And then the week after that, and it didn't get any better. And then, like, she comes out at pay-per-view, and then obviously, you know, a lot of the TakeOver crowd, you know, doubles up on tickets for the next night's show for uh, pay-per-views. People know and love Asuka, as they rightfully should. But, like, she kills three, She you know, she kills uh, the Raw team almost single-handedly. And then next night on Raw, lo and behold, what do you know? She's, she's is getting better. It's almost as if, like, if you, you know, almost as if they should have never had her do that thing with Emma. Like, as if they should have held off and saved Asuka as an attraction for the Survivor Series women's match. I mean, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Maybe they didn't, you know, maybe, you know, maybe they fired Emma because she took more liberties than she should have in that match. Who knows? Yeah. Um, Who knows? Yeah. Um, and as far as, like, Baron Corbin and Miz, I really don't have much to say about it. Whatever. Um. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't god awful. Yeah. It wasn't god awful, which you know everyone thought it was going to be. Um, in the opener, the Shield versus the New Day. Um, opinions were split around the internet, especially with Dave Fenshaw and I. Um, <laughs> I. I thought it was simply a good match. Some folks have called it great. Um, I definitely did not enjoy them uh, wearing those t-shirts because presentation is key. And I felt like that took a lot away from it. Either make them all wear them or make none of them wear them. You know what's funny about that is that how, like, Finishell said that, like, this is what you're arguing about or whatever. And I thought to myself, well, yeah. And the reason why I thought about it is because, like, you get, like, is it Raw versus SmackDown or is it not Raw versus SmackDown? And if it's Raw versus SmackDown <laughs> and, like, even the Shield's going to come out there and do the half and half shirts like how Rollins did at Royal Rumble at the, at the Survivor Series the year before then Roman needs to come out there on the same thing. Otherwise, let all of them be the shield and then, like, you know, push your shield shirts. Right. Like, no one's going to buy no half. One, no one's going to buy no half and half shirt. And two, like, you are basically, like, you're basically pulling a roll call, like, similar to when they have uh, Lumberjack matches and you see, like, the top stars not being a Lumberjack match and you can, you can tell who, who are the geeks and who are the real stars. So, when John Cena comes out there with his own shirt, green shirt instead of a blue uh smackdown shirt you know who's a real star is when aj styles and um and bright lesnar don't have to go out there and wrestle in, in red or blue t-shirts you know those are the real stars right like triple h came a, out there in the red a, triple h shirt um yeah and uh and and roman didn't have to wear one and it was just That's like it, it, it it's like stop drawing a line for us to notice like <laughs> stop yeah. drawing a line like one, either you're saying a your storyline only the only the geeks care about this your storyline and and or b, I mean which also means at the same time like if only the geeks care about the storyline then why do we care about storyline because the top people the real draws the real stars they don't give a damn so why should we and plus like who watches SmackDown who watches SmackDown that doesn't watch Raw who yeah. is, who who are these people yeah um yeah 
Raw has SmackDown has notoriously had eighty five percent of Raw's audience. So, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, man. So that really threw me um, off of it. But I thought they definitely worked hard, and you know it. It's been a while since the Shield has been together, and I think that showed. And these guys yeah. are above this at this point. Um, I want them to break up because I'm not with this corporate Shield uh, at all. Like this, this looks like just a bad money grab and a, um, a sacrificial attempt to, to you know rehabilitate Roman Reigns even further and to illustrate how much this is um, you know Roman Reigns needs this right now. Um, I'd like to compare him to Braun Strowman. So if they wanted to reunite the Wyatt family right now, right, with Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt, would you ever fucking do that? Like, <laughs> do no. you think Braun Strowman needs this? No. Would anyone think Braun Strowman needs this? No, because Braun Strowman's the biggest star out of all of them. So. Including Bray Wyatt. Yes. So, like. Braun, what, Strowman, Braun Strowman is busted out of that four pack of guys in the same way that, like, The Rock broke out of the nation domination. He's <laughs> like, like, yeah, you got this one dude, he's in the main event or whatever, and we got this younger dude, and we want to bring him along, and we want to make him look impressive, and we want him to, you know, do certain things. But, uh, you know, at least, like, they broke up the wise before, like, Braun took off like this, because it would have looked real bad with, yes. like, Braun Strowman right now being next to Bray Wyatt, taking order from Bray Wyatt. That would make no sense. This is Strowman family now at this point. Yes. Um... I just hope they keep him far away from uh, Braun Strowman and no feud jumps off. Uh, oh, you soon. know that's going to happen eventually. You know that's going to happen eventually. You know they're going to do that. I brought you in and, you know, whatever. How are you going fa- to believe that, J.R. Ryder? How are you going to father the fathers who fathered? Like, it's, yes. it's going to be ridiculous. Yes. Uh, speaking of Dipset, you know, uh, Cam and uh, Mace going at it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I, heard about that. I haven't heard either one of them because it's like, I, you know, what's the point? But it's actually uh, Cam, it's pretty I, good. I heard, I'm sure it is. It's just you know, like if I okay, so there's so much there's so much music that I just have not heard from like the last so many years. It is like I'm gonna pick up. That's what I'm gonna pick up at right there. Yeah, Run, jump in. Like a beat that should have happened like 12 years ago. Yes. You know, that, that man finally got the clearance from the Lord to go ahead and uh, strike back. You know, against. <laughs> And then, am I wrong on this? The camp, the camera already released like two uh, maze disses in back to back nights. No, uh, he's he's put one out. Okay, and a lot of so people are saying it's one uh maze right now. A lot of people saying that. So um, y'all have to check it out for yourself. Let us know who who who, who you think is gonna um, come up with that. But let's read a couple I, comments. I, okay. Um, so, uh, back to the Alexa thing. Dellen says, Alexa is booked incons- inconsistent to me. Chicken shit heel, but gets 80% of the office, and none of it involves hit-and-run tactics. Yeah, she pretty much just looks you in the face and drags you, bro. Like, that's that's pretty much all that happens. And, um, Simon says, my she's, dis... Okay. It's, it's funny, like, she's a chicken, like, she's a chicken shit until the bell rings, pretty much. She'll fight you. You know, <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I understand like a lot of you know a lot of hill matches like if they're gonna have clean finishes, it, it is based on you have to get heat on or you have to get heat on the baby face by the by the hill beating on you for whatever reason. But like the reason why she takes over and, and gets advantages in matches, they're never like hill t- hill ways, which is like oh, I mean aside from like you know the dreaded the dreaded turnbuckle match, doom. the turnbuckle. Yeah, the turnbuckle of doom that happens in like almost every Look, women's match. That Road Dog had the nerve to lie to lie to me on Twitter about uh, saying he doesn't know what that is. All right, <laughs> watching the Alexa Bliss match. 
what pay per view was it? Where like I think it was uh, great, either Great Balls, there was no Fire, mercy. or no. Which one was it? I think it was No, no mercy? mercy. Yeah. Yeah, where like half the matches were like, were all the result like it finished like half the matches. Most of the matches were a result of somebody getting thrown into a turnbuckle, head first. And I was like, dude, what is going on? And it was funny because I was watching that with uh, you and Josh and Jeremy, and I had mentioned to you about how like. So many of the women's matches this year on pay per view have ended because someone is into, is ran, been, has been ran into the dreaded turnbuckle of doom, and then like, and then so you know like there was a run of like three out of the next four matches were all that, and we start laughing. It's like it's almost like you couldn't see it after this after that. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, Simon said, uh, "My disdain for Triple H has multiplied more than Goku's Ka- Kaokin after uh, the Survivor Series main event." James damn near spit his drink out. Um, I don't know what that stuff means because I I didn't watch Dragon Ball Z, but it I guess it's funny. <laughs> um, Simon also Simon. says, uh, "Dude is such an Simon. ego." Oh, I'll let you go ahead. Simon. Simon, you got to call in and apologize to me, bro. I almost spit all over his computer. This has been the end of the podcast. It's been the end of my uh, end of end of everything. End of days. Yes, end bro. of days. Like, like I would have seen this man's screen turn black. Like, <laughs> just... okay. So explain to you what the KO kid was like. The KO kid is basically like this fighting technique, and it basically is like a cheat code where it basically like increases your power by the number of folds. So. Like, let's say you're at a certain level or whatever. Let's say you're a black belt, right? Uh-huh. Let's say you're a black belt in real life. Like, if you go KO Ken times five, that makes you almost like a five-degree black belt as far as how good, <laughs> how strong and powerful you are. Like, it, it's a cheap, yeah. Like, so that's why I started busting out laughing because that man basically said his hate for that man has grown exponentially. Yes. Uh, it, the cup is overrunning with hundred, hundreds, you know. <laughs> Um, Simon also said, due to such an egomaniac that he has to inject himself in everything cool and has to beat the fan favorites. Now, Shane O'Mac is no, no fan favorite of mine, but some people, they dig Shane for whatever reason. I, I wonder why they won't boo him at this point, but James, you like you want to jump in. He's talking about Strowman. He's not talking about no damn Shane. You know yeah. that. Yeah. Um, he also says, why not make a red and blue version of everyone's gear? I think that might be a little expensive, but... um. You know, I you seen Nakamura came out with the blue. They wasted a rare uh, blue Shinsuke Nakamura for that. Uh, yeah. I, w- I was not impressed with <laughs> with Ben Battle was wearing all red. It was the first time I ever seen that. Yeah, that was um, hard. I mean, they could have done that, but you know, like they they like to, they, they always talk about wins and losses don't matter and then so and so. But then like they also you know. The real stars, when it's time for the real stars to show up, they don't gotta follow they don't have to follow the same rules as everyone else and like that's cool, but like the line between Finn Balor and and having to wear all red and a and a raw shirt on and then like Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose having getting to wear like half, a half shield shirt, like that's so small. Like right now Finn Balor's more over than both of those two. So it's weird to me. It just is. Same thing with same thing with like Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe is more over than both of those dudes right now. He had to wear a raw shirt. He did. Why? Why? Because because he wasn't standing next to the Golden Boy teaching him the ropes on how to wrestle in in, uh, six-way tag matches for like two years, three years. That's why. Jeremy says Luke Harper should have been the breakout Wyatt family star. Yes, and now he's a bludgeon brother. (laughs) Rich, we were saying that before. Weren't we saying that like during like right around WrestleMania 30? We were saying that? Yeah, like right before that. 
Like, like once we started seeing um, them, him get in the ring with, like, CM Punk and Daniel Bryan and not look like he was being carried, like, <laughs> you know, he looked like he would be just fine, you know. Um, so, Starcade was last night. James, you're a big WCW fan. I am a big WCW fan. Uh, Starcade was last night. What did you think? That's right. Never mind. Sh- we, never mind. Because it wasn't... A- yeah, I didn't think she because it wasn't a network special. I don't know what they were doing. Like, Trick question, yes. Uh, I, I like to imagine it is the myth of Starcade. So you know what this is going to be, right? This is going to be like every other story that you hear in a barbershop. It's going to be more extravagant. It's going to be more, you know, urban legend-ish. You know, they're going to say AJ Styles fought off 50 dudes. Like, like you know, <laughs> Jinder Mahal, he brought in, you know... All his cousins from, from India, the Singh brothers, like, made the call, and, and, and Kali came out there, and AJ Styles fought them all off. Like, just, a, just lends itself to a whole bunch of lying and urban legends um, that went on. Arn Anderson got in the ring, and, um, and Spinebuster Dolph Ziggler. Um, I imagine Ziggler loved this. So the funny part was that Ziggler, or excuse me, uh, Arn Anderson was taking pictures next to Bobby Roode after. So it was like, you know... <laughs> Like, I don't know how Rick might have felt about that, you know, because, you know, he's he's aligning himself with the new version of, of, of Rick, apparently. So, I I... James Leclerc, he froze up. Hopefully he unfreezes. Um, but more stuff on Starcade. Um, Shouts out to uh, our homeboy Rob Getz, uh from socialsuplex.com. Uh, looks like some of the uh, other results on here. It looks like Charlotte defended the title against Natalia in a steel cage match, and they brought out Ric Flair, uh, which was a, a nice touch because they, um, you know, Flair hadn't been seen in, in that area for you know a really long time, and to bring him out at Starcade, I think you have to have Flair there. Uh, it would have been nice to have Harley Race there as well, but I believe Harley Race is in poor health at the moment. Um, let me um, lower this thing down because it is too high. But um, what else did we have? We had a Fatal 4-Way SmackDown Tag Team title match. The Usos defeated the New Day, Charlotte, and... Or excuse me, the New Day, Chad Gable, and Shelton Benjamin, and Kevin Owens, and Sami Zayn. Would have liked to see that match, but um, it looks like, you know, it wasn't meant to be. And I almost can't even fault WWE for not putting it on because there's no real financial benefit for it. Uh, if you guys like have been following along the financials or anything, all the pay-per-views they added this year had no effect on business. And it was like, um, I think we got James back on the line. All right, James. Yeah, man. I don't know what's going on with my wife over here. Like all of a sudden it just, my call dropped with you. And then I look at my my, uh, laptop and it says I have like two bars of Wi-Fi signal. And then right, like Five seconds before I call you right back, it goes right back to normal. I don't know what just happened. <laughs> Sorry for technical difficulties. Yeah, um, but I kept it rolling. I was saying, um, you know, it wasn't shown on the network or anything, but, like, I can't really blame WWE, like, for it. Like, you know, it's not. it, it would have been nice to see it, but this literally would have had no uh, impact on business. It would have just been nice to see um, as kind of a nostalgia thing. Because if you guys, like I was saying, if they've been following the uh, financials and everything, they added all these pay-per-views this year, and it meant absolutely nothing. So it would have just been cool to see, essentially. Yeah, that's true. But at the same time, it's like, what, like, 
like what did Beast in the East do for the network or for WWE? Like what did like the Beast at Madison Square Garden do for uh do for them? Like what did, for example, um back or sorry, uh the very first uh roadblock of 2016. What did that do for the company? It's a house show that y'all put on TV because y'all had a nice little card. Like it's the same thing. Yeah, um, I, I would say the difference would be they're not penny-pinching as hard as they were during all those things. And what they're doing now is, like, trying to make cook the books to make them look as good as possible, like, you know, for um, investors and their profits and all that stuff. That's true. And put it on TV and sell it in charge and, and jump up the ticket price. Yeah. You, you, that's always worked in the past. Um, <laughs> uh, looks like we had Nakamura defeat uh, Corbin in a disqualification for the U.S. title. Um, he did not win the championship, obviously. Um, I, w- I wonder if he threw him, got thrown over the top rope, if we went all the way back to the WCW rules or something like NWA, that. NWA. <laughs> if throw him over the top rope, then, it, you know, there's an automatic disqualification. We had the natural Dustin Rhodes. Yes, the natural Dustin Rhodes, not Goldust. Um, he took on Dash Wilder uh, and defeated him, and, you know, it was a really big moment for him because I believe he wrestled on, you know, the original Starcades and not obviously the 83 one, but, like, you know, when it was, like, 89, 90, 91, something like that. Uh, Naomi went over to Mina and the Bludgeon Brothers, Mike Canellas, the Colognes, and Rusev, oh, by the way, James, happy Rusev Day, um, defeated Brizango, Sinkar, the Ascension, and Ty Dillinger. Um, Kyle, what's going on, man? I know you were in the building. Let us know uh, what was going on at at Starcade in in the comments, or if you want to call in, you can call One Nation Radio on Skype. Um, But I want to get to something else here. Um, Finn Balor, there was a report that came out this week, um, uh, I don't know where it originated from, I believe it was Dave Meltzer, uh, it was Meltzer, it was Meltzer on the, um, on the night after review of, uh, Survivor Series, where he brought this up, was it Raw? Yeah, it was, it was after Monday Night Raw. Okay, okay, so the review of Raw, so like that, that Monday, that, or sorry, that Tuesday night show, so, Tuesday morning show. So with nine weeks of TV remaining... Uh, before the Royal Rumble, it was decided that Finn Balor is not over enough to be able to challenge Brock Lesnar. Um, well, actually, no. It was decided Monday before the show, so they had correct. 10 weeks to, to, to do it. Actually. Oh, okay. They had 10 shows. They had 10 shows not to nine, do it. 10. So it was decided that Finn Balor would not be over enough for his position. So what did he think Jinder Mahal was well, You know, when they put the WWE Championship on him? Um, not even that. Rules even is that. different. What were they thinking? No, not even that. What were they thinking when originally the match was set to be Jinder versus Brock, and they looked like, "Oh my God, no one wants to, no one gives a flying fuck about this match." Like, <laughs> like y'all didn't realize that y'all didn't realize y'all champion wasn't over enough that, that y'all had to get the belt off him, and then now like Brock, you know, someone that's that is Finn Balor's level, which is like what Finn Balor's at worst, what the at, at, on, at the very worst, what what number would you say Finn Balor would be as far as like the male single wrestlers in, on Raw right now? I would say three. If you're if you're three, you're okay. So that would be behind what Roman Reigns and who else? Um, Brock and Braun. Okay. Like for so, baby faces. Not even baby. I'm just saying the entire like brand. So. I mean, I, I think him and Samoa Joe are on the same level at least. Yeah, I, I mean, I, what I'm saying is I agree with you. I think it's like I feel like it's he's he's one of the guys that. He's absolutely a main eventer on the brand. So if you're a main eventer on the brand, you can get a title shot. Right. 
It don't I, mean I, he got to win. Right. I don't understand. Like, what, what? I don't know if they're scared this won't sell tickets or whatever when they've been building it up. So, James, I know you wrote something um, that pretty much chronicled uh, Finn Balor's, you know, year and how they've decided to use him since his injury, which he's never, ever approached being near the same level from WWE. And it, it feels like it's been held against him that he was hurt. Uh, can you explain, like, how how would one expect uh, Finn Balor to be over at this point with all this stuff that happened to him? I don't know, man. Like, I, I'm pulling up and looking at it right now, but it, it's been a real... Um... I think I think after you read it, uh, you were like you were saying that uh, this company has failed him. And yes, like most of in, in, in the most most situations when this happens with guys, like it generally is the case where like guys are the ones that are getting like let down. Because in all honesty, it's hard to manage or um, the, it's hard to manage this many people. There's like that's a lot of balls in the air, a lot of um, a lot of things you have to juggle. But at the same time, it's like this is somebody that is you know at the top of your list as far as focus. You might not want to fuck this guy up because he's only he's only he's so much older than he actually like looks and um, has been on TV. So like you have a, you only have a certain amount of time where like where you can reasonably expect that like at his athletic peak he can like produce at a certain level. Like not everybody's going to be AJ Styles where like they have the best years of their career after and when they're thirty eight and older. You know what I'm saying? Like that that's not a real um, that's not a realistic expectation. Right. Um. I'm still scrolling trying to find this thing. Yeah, man. Um, but, like, Balor, like, is just... Alrighty, excuse the technical difficulties. We are back. Uh, James, did you find the list of all the things that has happened to Finn Balor <laughs> while they remain expect him to remain over? Just did. Alright, so... Um, so, the status... After I found, heard about this, the thing about them saying, like, they don't think they can rehabilitate him based off of, you know, what happened with Kane and everything, like... In ten weeks of TV, it, um, I was just like, "Are you, are you kidding me?" Um, so I, I just, I was just off the top of my head, started thinking about like where he's been and what he's done over the, you know, the year or, or more or less after WrestleMania since he's been back. And um, I, I wrote out, I wrote it out as, as such: uh, put a dude in a five way for his returning pay per view match and choke him out, even though there's three other guys that could have been beaten. Put the same dude in a few with a new lower mid tier guy that's mediocre in the ring. Get him. Put the same <laughs> put the same dude in a few with the stellest guy in the entire company and have them feud over paint. Get him. Tease that the tease that the same dude's feud over paint is finished and then have the stell guy screw him out of a contention for the type for a title. Get him. Have the same dude I'm sorry, give the same dude the biggest victory of his career on pay per view against the company's best wrestler. Get him. Follow that up by squashing the same dude on the very next night with a stale over 20-year uh, returning veteran. Get him. Beat up the same dude on the very next week with the same stale over 20-year returning veteran. Get him. Eliminate the same dude like a mid-carter in a bad main event Survivor Series match. Get him. And, and, yeah, and that equals Finn Balor is no longer in the Universal title match against Brock Lesnar at Royal Rumble because it was a side of Monday before Raw that he wasn't over enough to be rehabilitated in the 10 weeks of television before the Rumble. Yeah, and my reaction was uh, Idris Elba uh, turning, flipping over a table in frustration yes. and anger. Yeah, I, I just thought, like, they, 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 they screwed this dude. Um, and it's kind of funny because I think our first, our inaugural episode of One Nation Live, we talked about this. 
like uh, I believe we did. Yeah, we we did. Like when it came out, it came out in an argument um, when me and um, Rance got into it about um, about like the Brock Lesnar thing, as far as like. But it, it was well, another. It was something that came up besides point. But like it basically came to like, dude, they've screwed this up. Like, and they they do play, they do pick and choose who like who who uh, who they want to punish or who they give up on or, or whatever else based off of who gets hurt, who doesn't, and if they like you or not. If you know, like they pretty much have punished Brock. They pretty much have more or less punished this dude for having for having the audacity of having the shoulder pop with the socket during a title match and then wrestling through the match. Um, whereas like other guys get shot at the shot of the shot, even though they keep blowing, they keep, you know, blowing all the cash. Yeah. Like, they even at crucial moments of their career, like you're the top, we're going to make you the top guy in this company. Uh, we're going to give you the belt. Please do not like after, you know, two months or three months into it, please don't like get popped for PEDs. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, Hey, we're going to put together this, we're going to put together the, uh, the group you debuted in as a way to like get you cheered to help build you on the way and rehabilitate you because we beat you like a drum, um, the month prior after WrestleMania where you main evented and we're going to main event you another WrestleMania. Please don't get sick. It happened. Uh, oh, you just got the box and you are fresh. Um, and we're going to build you in like and fast track you in like. It's seven months to put you in the main event of WrestleMania and win the title, um, and you you know you just now have been a, um, a singles wrestler for the first time ever, and you were trying to build you a character and, and push you towards that. Can you please not tear you know like have a you know rupture a hernia or catch a hernia? Like this keeps happening to Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns he's getting at bats. Like let other guys get at bats when they get hurt. That's all I'm asking. Yeah, um... especially when it's someone like Finn that they actually you know did give a shit about like they put they gave him one of the best like start out pushes of all time and then like he got hurt and then they were just like we're off that yeah do we'll never we'll never fuck that uh do that shit again like <laughs> like I, and, so weird. And, and i think the only person that could have thrived in that situation like it like daniel bryan like that like there's probably about the only person that could have overcame all this shit and if you're not daniel bryan that's a hell of a standard to live up to like yeah sorry like you know everybody's not the same and Daniel Bryan's booking, you know, a few years ago, like, pretty much gave WWE the license to do uh, whatever they want, uh, you know, with these baby faces. And then they wonder why, um, you know, it ain't, you know, it ain't popping with them in these streets. Uh, but next next subject, uh, you know, Finn Balor ain't over. Everybody remember that. And Balor's been being real petty on uh, Twitter and IG, uh, which has been yep. lovely to see. Uh, he's been tweeting yes. polls. He's been uh, coming up with little puns and just doing er- everything he can. He's a master user of the internet. So uh, we've had some new women uh, debut this week. Uh, there were jump zones galore um, on Monday Night Raw. Paige returned and she didn't come alone. Uh, she came with Mandy Rose and also Sonya Deville, who's doing an MMA gimmick. Mandy Rose was the runner-up on Tough Enough, uh, been in NXT, but not really featured on the television as much. Um, they've kind of kept their hidden away on some Braun Strowman shit. Um, but uh, <laughs> uh, they, they came out there and, and whooped the, uh, the, the Raw woman. And then on SmackDown, uh, Ruby Riot, um, uh, Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan made their debut, and they came out there and whooped folks. And these these jump zones were pretty entertaining, I have to say. Um, 
that what did you make of this uh of this deal with the jump zones and then also like you know did it look really similar to you or am i tripping um it was it was different like ultimately when you have three women show up in um and they all like all three of them like like two of the th- like each pair have like matching hair color like it's gonna it's gonna you know <laughs> kind of stand out right all the memes so, all the memes were yeah, made like, yeah like that's gonna stand out like the way they went about it is different like you know they were they broke out in the middle of a um on raw on the raw side they broke out and broke up basically in the, the middle of a uh a contendership match right yeah they broke up a multi-woman contendership match um, and they beat the hell out of all the women, and then they went in the back, and then they slapped uh, Alexa Bliss's skin and whooped her black ass. Yeah. So um, on, on SmackDown, they pretty much just showed up, and you know, at first it looked like they were just taking out all the baby faces, but then like they they gave um, they broke up that that title match, and they gave Natalya some of that too. Yes. So um, I felt like if you ask me which, who did a better job, I think the SmackDown side did a better job. Like, the beatdown they did on Becky Lynch, the way Becky Lynch sold um, her ribs in the door was fantastic. Um, and, like, it, like, they really put a beatdown on, on those women. Like, uh, especially in Naomi, too. Like, I felt bad for those two. Um, as far as, like, who I'm more interested to see, it's, it's still the, the Raw side because, like, it's Paige, and Paige is a, is a star regardless of, you know, how long she's been on TV, or whatever else. Like she was one of, she was in an era of 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 um of TV where like there were only three women that mattered on TV for uh, WWE, and she was one of those three when it was just AJ, Nikki, and 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 her. So like she has star power that those other five just do not have, and there's a reason why they put her on Raw. Yes, and also uh, our girl Manny Rose is finally on TV, uh, like Jeremy saying in the comments. Um, very high on Manny Rose. She might be a superstar. We don't know. We'll see. She's definitely a good athlete. So let's see if the wrestling like kind of came through. Uh, she's only been at it for a couple years. Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, it, it was interesting to listen to uh, the Thursday or Wednesday Thursday uh, episode of Observer. And then hear Meltzer talk about Sarah Logan and say that, like, she's a good worker because, like, and she's understated or whatever. And, like, um, you'll probably figure out how good she is uh, later on. It's interesting because we, uh, just for just for uh, those that don't know, um, everybody that has a podcast on this, uh, or everybody that will have a <laughs> podcast soon, like, the four podcasts on the Social Suplex uh, podcast um, network we basically did like a draft um the other day basically where the four podcasts basically got to draft in snake form like almost like a fantasy draft um 10 male singles acts from, from all over the country every or all over the, all over the world any promotion same for five women same for five tag teams and um i wrote out a big board list for like tag teams or mostly just uh, singles men and singles women and Sarah Logan made my list and was somewhere in the top 20-ish range because she only had one match on the May Young Classic but she did enough in that match with me and Yim to make me know like oh yeah she's more than confident she's in all the right places her matches looked really good her shit looked good she sold well like I thought like oh yeah this is somebody that, like she's gonna it's almost like um, Santana Garrett in the first round where she lost like 
Oh yeah, she lost, but those are people that like you can watch, just watch them in one match. You can tell like they know what they're doing. Really good, right? Yeah, she, the person's really good. Like everybody um, could so, win. Yeah, and then you know, and then you can look around and see her like um, when she's doing a crazy gimmick um, on the indies. It's like okay, this is a person that this person is really good in the ring. So I think she she might be like. The Luke Harper of this group. I thought the not, same I, thing. <laughs> yeah, um, like she's gonna, she gonna be someone that like, yeah, they don't think she can talk or whatever else, but like, they put her in the ring enough, like she might mess around and like show herself to be really competent, and then they might give her some responsibility um, after that. We'll see. Right. Ben has a comment on her, and what up to Ben, who will be making his debut on uh, January twentieth, I believe, in, in Tampa at the uh, what was the name? Text me the name of it, Ben, so we can uh, we can plug it a little bit. We definitely want to get you on the show to to build up that uh, that appearance that you're going to be making. We will be cheering loud for Ben Chambers. Um, he says Sarah Logan is crazy. Mary Dobson, she's actually really good. She's a hard hitter and excellent all around worker. She wrestled Jimmy Havoc in a hardcore match. Um, Kyle also submitted a comment about Starcade. He was actually in attendance. Um, let me find it here because this thing is acting like I can't click the see more button. Okay, here we go. It says, Starcade was a fun night. It wasn't a sellout, but it was a large crowd, and they were hot for most of the night. A lot of the nostalgia moments and vignettes uh, were appeared throughout the show. The Dustin Rhodes appearance was a great moment. Biggest pops went to AJ, Rusev, Bobby Roode, Shinsuke, and Charlotte. Match of the night was probably the main event. Um, the... The finish of the match saw AJ climbing the cage while Jinder crawled out the door, and the crowd was red hot cheering for AJ to beat him to the floor. Despite it being for all the wrong reasons, Jinder has built some legit heat for himself with the crowds. Um, appreciate that report, Kyle, from um, from the Starcade, and I believe I think you said you took some pictures. If so, uh, post them up in the group. We definitely want to see them. Uh, yeah, Ben, he said it's at the Tampa. P-A-L, uh, and thanks for the shout. No problem, man. We're going to be there, definitely, man. To uh, You actually had the heart to go get in the business. Like, and we just sitting here talking about it. <laughs> um, yeah, man. But um, they, um, I, I'm, I'm a little worried. I hope, um, you know, they, there's a lot of women debut at once. And as we've seen, you know, if they want to get everyone over, it usually doesn't work out like well, uh, and they kind of got to focus one at a time. So hopefully, it's a situation where they each get to show what they can do. I hear Ruby Riot's a really good talker. Um, Liv Morgan, she's definitely uh, her and Carmella definitely got to settle it in these streets because I don't know, you know, who's about to who's ripping who off, and you know, also you know who they both ripping off. Um, you know, I'm not really sure, you know, who's gonna out appropriate each other, but you know, <laughs> it's definitely gonna be um, fun to see. Um, I have a question. Yeah, like from what I've seen of Liv Morgan, why the hell does she get brought up? Um. Were you really that dead set on having two blondes at a time being put up, being put up and brought up to the new roster? I think they really wanted some younger looking chicks, personally. Personally, like you know, they they want to make sure they can um, have it start replacing the the ones that are in their thirties. You know, there's a, there's, a, there's quite a few of them. So, um, but I one other thing. Well, Wait, I got a question. Why are we trying to replace these women in their 30s when there's all these dudes in their 40s that are out here main event? Because it ain't aren't, fair. Aren't both, the, aren't, both, aren't, both, wait, aren't both the champions right now in the company on both brands, both 40 years old? Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, Wasn't a main eventer in WrestleMania last year, 53 years old? (laughs) Or this year, I mean? He was up there with the red light, I can tell you that. Um, uh, Jeremy says, do you think it could work if this is one faction trying to take over both shows? That's what I'm hoping for. I hope it's like a widespread alliance like that's kind of infiltrating both of the brands. And maybe there's some larger overarching story. Um, you know, or, or else it just looks lazy to me. Uh, Wait, so, 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 uh, what, what is it? Is it like the, the Alliance to destroy the, the horsewoman? Is that what yes, it is? Yes. The Alliance to destroy the horsewoman. Oh my gosh. Uh, Kyle says the iconic duo should have been called up. Now, a lot of people have been saying this. Uh, they wanted Peyton Royce and they wanted Billy Kay, uh, in this spot, uh, that, that these folks have gotten. Personally, I don't think it really matters because, those two, like, I think they can be bigger stars than anyone that got, like, called up except Mandy Rose. Um, they can't so, be bigger stars than Paige. Huh? They can't be bigger stars than Paige. Well, Paige wasn't a call-up. Like, she was oh, just, yeah, like, a right, re-debut, right. okay, so. Okay, She's been gone so damn long, it almost feels like it's, <laughs> like, it's, like it's starting all over again. So, like. It's almost like, it's almost like when uh, The Rock had to start start from the bottom and had to yes, take the, the Brooklyn Brawler. Yes. Um, so, like, the Iconic Duo, they kind of have their own, like, thing built in. And for them to have to kind of get lumped in with whatever they're doing here, it might not work in their advantage. Because maybe they have star potential outside of that. And, you know, someone got to be in NXT. So, and, and if they're good enough to already be wrestling on takeovers, you know, you got to keep them takeover strong because, you know, that is a brand that is built for excellence. And it needs, like, some type of, like, you know, draws there. Um, but... Roman Reigns uh, won the Intercontinental Championship from The Miz this week. I just want to um, say thank you to the greatest Intercontinental Champion of all time, The Miz, for his stellar run uh, over this year and last year as he goes away to make the Marine Six. As he left the title in the main event of Monday Night Raw to Roman Reigns, uh, this guy, The Miz, has just been excellent ever since you know he ripped Daniel Bryan in half um, live on the WWE Network. He's definitely um, had an awesome feud with Dolph Ziggler. He's Elevated the Intercontinental title to levels we haven't seen in ages. He has the matches. He has the moments. He has so much to give to the business. At, at an advancing age, he's still getting better. James, Roman Reigns is now the Intercontinental Champion. How do we, like, yep. why? Why? Because they want to elevate the prestige of the belt to to, the, to where they said Miz actually puts it to, where he claims he puts it to. So, like, mission accomplished. Like, remember, after WrestleMania 31... When, you know, the whole idea was, all right, well, John Cena, you're U.S. champion. Daniel Bryan, you're Intercontinental champion. Uh, Roman Reigns, you're um, now the uh, WWE World Heavyweight champion. I thought that was great. Like, if they're your top three guys in your in your business, let all three of them be the top three guys in your belt. Let them all have belts. Let them all go out there and fight in their own feuds and let them go out there and have a, have a prize um, and make their matches, you know, mean even more. Um, we always talk about, like, people say that, you know, the belt's either a prop or is the, is the person that makes the belt. Well, you can do a lot worse than Roman Reigns as your Intercontinental Champion. A whole hell of a lot worse. Um, and that's just about, you know, 98% of the entire roster. So, for me, I thought, why not? Like, if Miz ever gets it back from him or whatever else, then the belt will be in a better spot than when Miz has it. And it's just like, it's almost like the Dean Ambrose situation where, like, lately, anyway... 
he's not actually defending it. He just has it on his shoulder to talk shit as a, as a, as a, as a, um, as a device to talk shit with. No, so, I, I think it would have been better served. If that's, well, hold on. Let me finish. Well, if that's only right now, recently, that if that's all has been used for lately, then like it could make better use right now. Now, I only say this because we saw what Roman did with the U.S. title last year, and it just like looked like one of those props for him. Uh, yes, all belts are props. Insert your jokes here. But um, the deal with it is I felt like this could be much better utilized on like Finn Balor right now or um, or Samoa Joe. Like Those guys could be in a huge intercontinental title feud right now for, or something like that. It's like they are putting these this belt on this guy who's already like, kind of like past that point this should have been what yeah. happened in the summer of 2014 put him yeah. with the minor with the intercontinental title then but their problem was we don't want to beat this guy so they just shoot him up to the stars without realizing like building that insurance and like toughen him up a little bit it's like give him a loss like what are you afraid of if you think he's such a star beat him what are you I afraid think, of um i think the thing with uh your point about like this should have been better used to Finn Balor was the other point, and that's the reason why like I wrote that on the list as far as like the things that wait the missteps they made with Finn Balor over the time was you know he was done and he you know he beat Bray without paint he beat Bray with paint he's in a um a match for contendership for the IC title and then Bray said and then Bray goes out there and does a, a, another Bray thing which is always. I'm I'm going in. A, I'm in a feud with somebody. Let me screw them out of something. Let me screw them out of a match that people care about, and ruin the match. So that happened, and like that would have been a perfect spot right then at that point to have put uh, Finn Balor in a match with uh, in a feud with program with Finn. I'm sorry with uh, Miz, and they could have done that, and then he'd be, he'd be sitting pretty as Intercontinental Champion right now. Like we could have got Finn Balor versus uh, we could have got Finn Balor. Versus Baron Corbin as opposed to Miz versus Baron Corbin. That's what we could have got. But no. Uh, let's go through some of these comments. Uh, Dylan says, Dean did it first. Uh, was he first or was it Seth? Because Seth also did it too. So, <laughs> uh, actually, no. Seth was never in a continental champion. No, no. I take that back. No, Dean did it first. Dean, Dean did, did it first. Once he won the t- Dean, remember, Dean was, uh, Dean, had, when he won the the he, title last year, that's when he became a, 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 um, a Grand Slam. Grand Slam winner, yeah. Yeah. Um, Dan Coffin says, that man was, remember that man was the U.S. champion without having like defended the belt for like a year. Almost. Yes. Dan says, uh, Savage is the greatest, uh, intercontinental champion of all time. Uh, we had a passionate debate at work, uh, the other day <laughs> about, yeah, here's the thing. Here's the thing, right? When you talk about Miz, the greatest, uh, intercontinental champion of all time, like, like I understand he has a bunch of title reigns and he's doing a lot of great work right now. He's and also he's got done the great days. work in the past or whatever. Um, while not necessarily being the best worker in the world. But at the same time, for me, I think it was like, Miz is a compiler. Miz isn't, a, Miz isn't like, his greatness isn't in the fact that, like, he is a person that you look at and say, like, who had the best years at, at this was at, while holding the belt of all time here? He is a person where it's like, you look at the totality of his career and the fact that he achieved at a certain level. Um, so for me, for, so when you say like he's the greatest kind of champion, like I sat there and looked at my, I sat there and thought to myself, dude, 
Do you remember that The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin fought over that belt at the end of 1997? Are you serious right now trying to tell me that this is the best intercontinental champ of all time? Yes. When you have The Rock and Austin? Yes. Get out of my face with this. Yes. No, you're wrong. Like, yes. No. What did they do with it? They had one five-minute match. Like, <laughs> they had one five-minute match that wasn't the main event. Okay, fine. How about SummerSlam 1998 with with Rock versus Triple H? Like you're just not gonna, you're never gonna convince me that that he's the greatest college champion of all time. And that's not even including like that's not even including like Bret Hart or or Mister Mister Perfect or Macho Man or Steamboat. Like this is never, I'm just never gonna. Rick, put no, Ricky Steamboat held the belt for stuff. three months. And, and you wanna know why? And you also know thing about that, like. Even the company doesn't even recognize it, don't even respect him like that. That's the reason that started the whole entire thing with talking smack with uh, Daniel Bryan. And he He's rose like, to the occasion. Him. I respect him. And he rose to the occasion. He can do okay, everything, Bryan. bro. <laughs> okay, I got a question, bro. Is Miz a draw? Yes. He's a main event draw. Yes. A main event draw. Yes. Not a, draw, not a guy like, okay. You can put the belt on Miz right now. You're lying. Move along. All right. You can put the you're belt lying. on Miz right now. You're lying. You're lying. You're lying. Jinder Mahal you know wore lying. his belt the whole year. That should have been the Miz's belt the whole time. Come on, man. That's so. You're, you know. You know you're lying right now. I'm but not Miz lying, bro. Like girl. Miz is that dude. 2017. Actually, ever. Not even this year. Ever. What? What was the question? He's a main event draw. Yes. No, he's not. All right. So what? All right. You see any Miz shirts in these streets? Miz don't need to sell merch. He's a heel. He don't need to sell merch. He's a heel. God He's a heel. He wears suits. Do you ever see Miz wearing a shirt? Hey, you know who else is heels? Who? The fucking Bullet Club. What are you talking about? Bullet Club ain't heels, bro. <laughs> we love the what? Bullet Club. We love the Bullet Club in these streets. Rich, are you kidding me right now with this? We love the Bullet Club in these streets. The Miz will consent. Will get his belt back one day. He will break the reins. He he's close to the days, and he has the matches, the moments. And when we when we're looking back on this, the Miz will go down as the guy who defined this belt for this entire decade. Case closed. Um, Kyle says maybe cool. when he's done back. Do? Cool. What does that have to do with you know drawing money? As we said, what does that have to do with you know? Like being you ain't got to draw no more. It's a WWE Network. That's that, you're saying he's the best of a generation. You didn't say that's not you saying he's the best. Also, another thing about that. Do you really think he's better than Jericho? Yes. Okay. What did Jericho do with you the Intercontinental so. title? But win it a bunch of times. You say so, dude. You say so. Telling like, you. You're saying that you had you had, you're saying that you're not acting like you know like 2013 Miz when he was a baby face wasn't like a shitty wasn't a shitty kind of champion he's won it a bunch of times had a bunch of cracks in the bat at that belt like from 2014 on he's he, I don't see I don't see how that's any bit different than Jericho having a bunch of cracks in the bat he didn't necessarily knock out a part every single time either from 2014 on Miz has been consistently excellent <clears throat> with this from 2014 on you can start it at that SummerSlam where he won it from Dolph Ziggler. Go from there and then holla at me. There's literally a collection on the network right now dedicated to his feud last year or since then with, with Ziggler. Dude, I'm sorry. That man like, saved Dolph Ziggler's only, life last year. I can only think of Miz's run right now as from, from the brand split to now. I can't think of 2015 or 16 because, hell, 
What was he doing at WrestleMania 2015? Was he in that? Was he in that ladder match? I think he was. I think he was. I think he was. Let's get into some of these comments. Um, Kyle says, by the time he's done filming, Marie- yeah. Looks like you froze. He's going away. Uh, okay, yeah. right, so got you back. So I'm saying, like, what was he doing at WrestleMania 31? Was he in that ladder match? He may have been in a movie at that time. I'm not sure. I have to look it up. Somebody, somebody, look it up for us. Like, was Miz in that uh, seven man uh, intercontinental title match? I, I think he was. Uh, Kyle says, by the time he's done filming, Maurice might ready be ready to come back with him. Yes. She might be, she, uh, yeah, she might be ready to come back. Simon says, problem is we've been here before. Mid-car Roman Reigns hasn't worked since 2015. Did it even work then? Like, <laughs> he, no, he had to fight Bray Wyatt the whole right? summer. When I, think, when, I, when I think of main event, I think of, all right, what are the top two or three matches on a card as far as, like, those were the, those are cards, what they sold to push um, the match or, or push the card. So, like, just because you're not fighting Brock Lesnar uh, does not mean you're not a main eventer. Like, in, so basically what I mean is like Samoa Joe, Braun Strowman, Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, Finn Balor, like those five guys are all main eventers. Right. It just you can't you can't you can't put five guys in main event at the same time. Like unless it's saying, this like, year so, where they put them all in the main event. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, except when they throw in five guys. Yeah, four or five guys. Yes, but like. So when I say with that whole thing about like is Miz a main eventer, I'm like, is he on? A, is he actually on the level of those guys I just mentioned? No, he's not. Like he's below that. He's a mid card guy, and it's a mid. And you know, <coughs> that's what people say. It's a mid card belt. But the thing is, you don't have to make that mid card belt unless you, unless yeah, that's something you want to do. Like you can put, you can make Macho Man your Intercontinental Champion. You can make Bret Hart your Intercontinental Champion. You can make Shawn Michaels your Intercontinental Champion. You can make The Rock your Intercontinental Champion. Austin your Intercontinental Champion. You can do that. Like, you can make Daniel Bryan your Intercontinental Champion. They decided over the last few years, let's give it to Miz and Dolph Ziggler a bunch of times. And what they've done with it is elevate folks, elevate each other, and put it put it back to, you know, uh, to being meaningful. Um, let's okay. see. Uh, they made it. They made it beautiful for the mid card, and that's also a lot. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that it's a brand split. If there's not a brand split, I don't think this is even happening. Like it's not. It's never the number two feud. In, it's almost never the number two feud on pay per view. It's just almost never. It just almost never is. Bad booking. <laughs> um, Simon says, "Let's not even talk about the rumored Ultimate Warrior Hogan match WWE might be heading towards for a passing of the torch." Yes, Roman Reigns gonna be looking like the Ultimate Warrior at WrestleMania. Um, holding up the Intercontinental yeah, title and the world belt. Um, that one said, Rich, remember wins and losses don't matter. Um, <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, Simon says, it's scary to how close next year looks to 2015 already. Yeah. Um, that one says, unless it's Roman, because double standards. Uh, Samuel Holland says, what about Roman as IC champ? I, I think we just like kind of touched on that a little bit. I mean, I think he's going to run like an open challenge thing. He mentioned that in his, uh, in a backstage.com interview. So hopefully he gets to wrestle a wide variety of guys. And when I say wide variety, I mean wide, because I saw something like on Twitter where Cedric Alexander said, you know, did that mean anybody that open challenge? So 
let Cedric Alexander uh, answer Roman Reigns next week and let him have, like, a bunch of these great matches. Like, they can really, I think they can get Roman going if they do something like that. Where it's like, okay, you you take him away from like Samoa Joe answering the open challenge, like, and it looks like he's putting people on essentially. Like, I think people will appreciate that. Well, it depends. Like, when it comes to the Cena situation, it actually seemed like seen like him being in the matches with or people giving a wide variety of people matches or whatever, it seemed like he was actually giving them the opportunity to, you know, get their shine on. Whereas with, with Roman, it, it, it's more, it's basically the same thing, but, it, you know, a lot of this comes down to how people are going to take it. And a lot of people are going to take it as, he's going to bury the entire roster on the way to getting the belt from Brock Lesnar, and they don't be untouchable. <laughs> so, and yeah. I'm not saying, and I'm not, and just, for, just for the record, like, I'm not saying that that's not, that, I'm not saying that's, that's fair. I'm not saying that's even a smart assessment, but like that's how a lot of people are going to take it because people do not like that dude. And since so many people don't like that dude, I don't understand why you bother like giving that dude more accolades when like one, he's already got pretty much every 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 fan as a baby face he's going to already get. So like, <laughs> what's the point now? Like, and also you throw in the fact that <clears throat> you know, like if you were to turn heel right now. This be a this be a real nice spot for him. He get to beat he get to beat the hell out of everybody on the roster, cheat or whatever else. Um, like people don't want to see him win, so then you, like him being that hot as a, of a heel, like people would really get hot to see him potentially lose the belt. But they're they're taking it as like, oh, he's a babyface, and they don't they don't ever see anything wrong with it. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have people, and then you have people lie to themselves and tell themselves, "Oh, he's a tweener." Okay, <laughs> that man, he's just between these booze. So, <laughs> um, they, uh, Jeremy says, "There's no heels and faces; just says a great pal." And he said, uh, Simon says the Miz was in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle on the pre-show that year. That was the year they had that Miz and Mizdow joint where they were the tag That's team right. champions the whole time. That's right. Were they the tag team champions? They were. I think they were at that time. No, no, no! Not not at the no, Royal Rumble. No, they lost them a couple weeks before that Royal, uh, that WrestleMania. Yeah, because there was a fatal four way. Yeah, on the pre show that was awesome. Yeah, like Naomi was out here. Who did Naomi beat up? <laughs> Naomi beat up somebody. So did Natalia. El Torito. El Torito was involved in that too. He beat up somebody too. Hmm. I'm not sure, but yeah, man. Um, I, I think that might be we we can leave it there for the evening. Um, but yeah, man, uh, thanks for uh, doing the show with, with me today, James. Um, elsewhere on the social suplex podcast network, you guys can check out the SMC podcast as well as the Ricky and Clive show and coming soon, the new Japan pro wrestling, uh, podcast that we will be adding, uh, is Jeremy Donovan and young boy, Josh Smith. They will be debuting, keeping it strong style soon. Uh, and I, I definitely will make a run in on that show at some point. Um, but yeah, any, anything else you want to, want to let the people know about James? Yeah, well, do you want to talk about um, do our 15 minutes on the draft now, or do you want to do it some other time? Um, we can do that. We can record that separately from this, okay. because I think we have to send that in to um, to Rance, and he's going to put everything together. Uh, but, yeah, that's going to that's gonna wrap it up. I am also uh, was recently approved as a main page Lords of Pain writer, so I'll be writing there as well as Social Suplex. I haven't figured out how I'm going to balance it all yet. But 
best believe Mo Heat is coming at you in these streets with Lattice Lariat and other uh, series that um, we're going to be doing. Um, also, Dave Fenichel, like we're both going to be contributing uh, pieces to his Royal Rumble series. Um, that you uh, will be seeing unveiled slowly. I believe the first column dropped last week. Also, tonight one is going up. So when ours um, come out, we will let you know. Uh, but make sure you guys stay locked in. Appreciate all the comments and everybody that's checked in with the live uh, show. And that's going to wrap it up. Peace. Later.